The time is 9 a.m. The date is the 6th of the 6th, 2021. The podcast, well, that's Flying Scissors Solo. And the host is me, Kanye. Stop pissing in my garden. And there's a rather big sporting event happening tonight. Some would say the biggest. Because tonight, Logan Paul fights Floyd Mayweather. Logan Paul, who was once cancelled for recording a dead body in the forest, and now hosts the greatest podcast on the face of the planet, not fronted by a lanky Irishman, is fighting 50-0 Floyd Mayweather. This is probably the weirdest sporting event of our time. And if Logan Paul wins tonight, will go down as the greatest upset in sporting history. Not in terms of odds, not in terms of unlikelihood, but in the fact that a blonde YouTuber who was cancelled four years ago has turned it round and is getting an opportunity on fucking showtime to fight the biggest boxer on planet Earth. The biggest draw in boxing history, in combat sports history, and the highest paid athlete of all time. How, you ask? Because he lost to a fellow YouTuber 19 months ago. This is the craziest thing we've ever seen happen in sports. It's so, so far ahead of the next nearest competitor. A blonde YouTuber who does Pokemon unboxings and makes admittedly great music is going to fight 50-0 multi-billionaire Floyd Mayweather. I know Floyd can't read, but how fucking dumb do you have to be to fight a... I know it's it's a free win and all the rest of it. A, it's an exhibition, and B, you're taking the risk of getting knocked out by fucking Logan Paul. This, like... I don't think Floyd understands, because I don't think he fully comprehends the internet, because he is a moron. I don't think Floyd comprehends how bad it will be for him. If he loses tonight. Obviously the rule set's been released. There's no way he can lose by a decision. But there's every way he can lose by a decision. Like as much as most boxing judges are clueless. Do you know who's more clueless? The court of public opinion Floyd. If Logan Paul had three punches. The internet's going to say he won. Like I don't understand the marketing strategy here. The decision-based fighter Floyd Mayweather, who hasn't finished anyone in 10 years, wants an exhibition match that is only won by a knockout. Like, people are saying, oh, it's Floyd playing it safe. Like, is it? Is there any chance Logan Paul outboxes Floyd Mayweather for eight rounds? Is Floyd really worried about that? Like, realistically, that was supposed to be his safety net. Was that if Logan Paul hits really hard, Floyd's likely not going to put him down because he has fucking hamsters for hands. But at the end of the day, 
He can skim round him for eight rounds with very little issue because he's fucking Floyd Mayweather. But I don't know. Logan Logan might land something that might make Floyd go oh. The way in one of the most ridiculous angles I think we've ever seen in sporting history. Like even like the big size mismatches we've seen over the years in sports, they've looked bad. Logan Paul looks like a fucking demigod. And Floyd genuinely looks like a wee lad going to play in the Little League World Series. It wasn't good. Floyd looks tiny next to him. But it's not the it's not the size of the dog in the fight, it's the size of the fight in the dog. I also think Logan has a lot more to fight for. Given Floyd's 44, has won 50 fights against actual fighters. Bear in mind, Floyd also has another opponent on the night. And that opponent is also undefeated. That opponent is Father Time. Ooh. Floyd's 44 years old. And I know he's taken no significant damage inside the ring. But the guy clearly loves cocaine and strippers. He's marrying one. A stripper, that is. He's not marrying a bag of cocaine. That's Oscar De La Hoya's job. But... Knowing that you can still get the vastly bigger man 35 pounds heavier and he was cutting the taller man, the younger man at comparatively very long odds compared to betting on the 44 year old let's say vertically challenged man that we we do have uh masquerading as Floyd Mayweather. He has sharpened up his haircut because Jake Paul stole his hat once, which is a bit of a laughable art. Floyd Mayweather, the best boxer of our generation, got rattled by the kid that made it every day, bro. To the point where he's not allowed to go to the fight. And to the point where Floyd is offering training for Tyron Woodley to fight the guy. What world are we living in? Honestly, if you'd said to me at the start of 2019, you know, in 2021, uh, we'll have, we'll have just come out of, we'll, we'll be in the process of coming out of a year inside and the Paul brothers will, will have completely won a mental warfare against Floyd Mayweather. I'd have completely skipped the whole being inside for a year and just got to that bit. The Paul brothers. The Paul brothers who didn't manage to get inside KSI's head are currently rent-free in Floyd Mayweather's. Right below where his hat used to be. That's one of the most mental storylines we'll ever see in sports. And it's just kind of being glossed over as, oh yeah, Logan Paul's fighting Floyd. YouTube sensation Logan Paul's fighting Floyd Mayweather. That doesn't happen. Like at the height of their powers, fucking Laurel and Hardy never fought fucking Ali. It didn't happen. That's not how things work. You're not supposed to be able to fucking make vlogs showing off Rolexes and laughing at your adoring fans and getting cancelled and doing Pokemon unboxings and then just go, you know what? Fancy making 10 mil to fight a boxer who has never been defeated. And yes, Floyd has managed to skirt his whole career, taking the easy fight and getting paid the absolute most for it. His most difficult opponent started out his career I'm nearly certain weighing 96 pounds. That, of course, being Manny Pacquiao. 
definitely, definitely never used any sort of uh, enhancement to go up 50 pounds in a career. But, you know, these things happen. But Floyd has managed to duck a lot of great fighters over the course of his career and fight fighters at the ap- absolute optimal time. And to put all that at risk, probably his worst payday in the last, I would say it's his worst payday in the last 15 years easily, to fight a fucking YouTuber who looks pretty good. From a purely aesthetic standpoint, he looks fucking phenomenal. The guy's jacked beyond belief. But he does not look bad from a boxing standpoint either. We all know those first two rounds against KSI, the greatest sporting showcase anyone's ever seen. But like, why would you risk it? We all know your New York property investments that don't really exist because you're getting shilled by all your advisors in inverted commas. But like, surely you have money, Floyd. I know this. I know the marrying a stripper is not going to pay for itself. But like, at the same time, the diamond ring can't be that expensive that you need to go fight a YouTuber for fifty million dollars. In the middle of fucking 2021. When you retired. Four years ago. You came out of retirement once. We were like. Eh. Fair enough. It's to fight Conor McGregor. Who in fairness. Also wasn't a vastly experienced boxer. But was at least. The same height and weight as the guy. Like Lou and Paul. Has about the same boxing experience as Conor McGregor. Even though Connor did have those formative years in the Crumlin boxing gym. Like, that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Like, Logan probably has comparable boxing experience. But is 35 pounds heavier. Like, there is no reason for Floyd to have taken this fight. Obviously now that Logan's rattled him. Floyd now has reason to not only fight Logan. But to fight Jake too. How the fuck are these two literally just behind the scenes finessing the greatest boxer of our generation? And doing it with fucking ease. Like he is he is instigating most of this. Jake Paul took his hat and he had 15 security guys jump him. What's talking about? I'll fucking kill you. I'll kill you. Like the guy's 44. He's a grandfather. And is getting on like this. Like 50 Cent rattled him when he asked him to do the Ice Bucket Challenge. But somehow the Paul brothers have done it worse. The Paul brothers have ended up probably out of this scenario making $25 million off making an old bald man angry. It doesn't make any sense. How they've managed it, I will never know. But will I be tuning in? Oh, absolutely. Do I have money on Logan? Absolutely. Is he gonna win? Absolutely. Maybe. I'm not sure. He is fighting a pretty good boxer at the end of the day. But I don't know. Anytime I can get. A guy who's 18 years younger, has far more to fight for, has more experience than his last opponent, who he didn't look fantastic against, and is 35 pounds heavier. 
I'm probably going to take those odds. Although he's going to close at shorter odds than McGregor was. McGregor closed at 9-2. to two, And upon last seen, Logan is 5-1. to one. So you'd like to think on the day there's significant line movement. It's mental. Logan Paul is going to close at 4-1 to one to beat Floyd Mayweather. That's a bit fucking nuts. Although you will see there'll be multiple million dollar tickets in the fucking back room of the Bellagio later on tonight on Floyd at like 1 to 6. Which wouldn't be bad money. I'm not going to lie. It wouldn't be bad money. You could probably get away with that. But at the same time, you know, I'm a value guy. And as soon as you saw two guys fighting, one's 15 to 1, thank you very much, Al. I'll have that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But, along with a made-up boxing beef caused by a blonde YouTuber who does Pokemon unboxings, we have another big sporting event this week. And that is the Euros. As we all know, the God Quad is long dead, long live the God Quad. But, there's still equity to be had. And all the equity's going on in the French, baby. It's it's a lot of money on France straight up and it's some significant amount of money on France and Karim Benzema as the top goal scorer. That's where the money's going in the Euros and I think we'll be we'll be talking in a few months uh after I've reinvested the money into some lucrative pyramid schemes. Um we're talking about how this podcast's just a passion project now rather than what's putting food on the table for my eighteen kids. But Euros. I think it's France's. Even though they have the group of death in inverted commas. It's... They're so much better squad-wise than every other team in the competition. And it's honestly not even close. Like, Portugal have a comparable first 11. Belgium have a maybe comparable first 11 if KDB is fully healthy. But then France have a second team. That would be like top eight teams in the tournament. England? Nah. Nah. <laughs> Not for them. Even if they do implement tanking at a European football tournament, I don't think it's for them. Uh, simply because it can't be for them. It can't be. Because I will be in London for the final. Uh, so if you're there and you see me, say arrivederci. Uh, but it's it's not it's not for England. It can't be for England. If it was for England, that would be. I'm not gonna lie, folks. The, the podcast would cease to exist, and I would jump off a cliff. If I'm honest, I uh, it could it couldn't be England. It absolutely it, no. It just can't be England. Please fuck. Let it not be England. If Harry Maguire gets to lift an international trophy, and people call him a leader next year. I don't know what I'll do with myself. I really don't know what I'll do with myself. I'll be, I'll be, oh, I'll be inconsolable. I'll be an angry big guy. And when I go see United fucking Leicester next year, I'll be screaming from the fucking rooftops and be removed whilst wearing some questionable merch telling us to hire Antonio Conte. Mauricio Pochettino might be coming back to Spurs, which means he will have been hired by two different teams Including the one that sacked him. 
before he would be hired by Manchester United. Which makes me a bit angry. And yes, has his stock suffered since going to PSG and failing to win the Champions League and also failing to win the league on? Yeah. Does that make me feel any less strongly about it? No. I think it's it's still for Poch. It could be for Conte. It could be for various other managers out there. Potentially Zidane. I don't overly rate Zidane, but the guy does win things. The guy really does win things. Uh, and he would probably... Current day Zidane would be the best footballer at the club. So that's always a bonus. Uh, you know, it's nice to have a manager that, you know, in his prime was actually starting games of football. Uh, that's not a, that's not a dig at any of anyone in particular. Certainly not our current manager, the substitute for all, but at the same time, you know, if the shoe fits, wear it and use that shoe to poke in a fluky back post winner that you'll then live off for the next 22 years. But these things happen. Also, folks, you will now be subjected to a small break in proceedings whilst I go on a bit of a voyage of self-discovery. Hello, folks. The time is now 8pm. Uh, what's happened here is I have gone to Dublin for, for the day and then subsequently Kildare Village. Uh, these things happen. Uh, sometimes a friend of the show needs some help with a security detail. And sometimes... As a friend of all friends of the show, I must oblige. Uh, so I'm back now. Can't fucking remember what I talked about. Presumably, uh, there was a bit of content discussed. I could listen to it. Don't get me wrong. I could listen to it, but I don't want to spoil it for myself later. Because nothing better than you, you sit down in the edit and you're like, fuck now. You, you were particularly angry about that bit today. That's, that's often a fun time for me. Uh, so this way, I wanted to discuss the high jump. I'm only kidding. I'm not going to discuss the Olympic high jump, although I will I will win four figures at that event. I'm just telling you now. John Ram got kicked out. I started golf topic. That's right, folks. After far too many years of being a golf denier, I'm officially becoming a golf sharp. It was a weakness in my game I just couldn't abide by. I couldn't have... You know, I couldn't be a, a, a reigning authority on all sports without being a golf sharp. So, officially a golf sharp. John Ram was kicked out uh, of the memorial event this weekend. Which he was leading by six strokes at the time. It's not great. It's certainly not great. And apparently all bookmakers have decided to uh, not pay it out. Uh, because he was officially disqualified. So... It's it's certainly not for him, uh, and it's certainly not for anyone that backed him because they're currently dead. In other marginal sports, I I have a passing interest in. This week, Naomi Osaka decided to quit out of the French Open because she didn't want to go to a media obligation. Because of her social anxiety. And I'd just like to say. What a what a brave notion that was. Of Naomi Osaka. Fair, fair play her. She doesn't want to put herself in the public eye. She's 
she's a shy person. She doesn't want to have to deal with media obligations like that. And thusly, she she's she doesn't want to put herself in the public eye. So she she won't. Naomi Osaka is not the sort of person you see in you know adverts or anything like that making fifty million dollars in endorsements last year. She's not she's not that sort of person. That wouldn't want to do that sort of thing. Wouldn't want to you know be in a highly public relationship with uh, one of the biggest rappers on planet Earth, uh, and wouldn't want to get into a sport where her literal idol has been vilified by the press for 25 years. And I'm not saying that's a good thing on the press part. Do not get me wrong. The tennis press at nearly all times are hateful fuckers. But at the same time, if you're happy enough to pocket $50 million in endorsements, probably show up to an interview where they ask you, how was your serve feeling tonight, Naomi? How do you rate your chances of winning the tournament? People have it tougher. I think it'd be fair to say that people have it tougher. Also, when the female tennis game specifically is crying out for a new star that can actually, you know, drive people to watch the game, that's your job. You're second in the world in the ATP rankings and you're behind a person who has never won a Grand Slam. Guess what, Naomi? You're the big draw. You have to draw people into your sport now. So, thusly, even though this has brought more attention to the game than I think just doing the interview would have done, I don't say more people want to talk to you now than when you just would have showed up to the interview and seven people asked you four questions and the ITV2 man was there. But no, now you've you've made it slightly more public than it was. And do not get me wrong. This is not me saying that all athletes have, have to do exactly what the media tell them at all times. All athletes must show up when the media expect them to. And must essentially work their whole lives around the media. But at the same time. Like. We've seen UFC fighters interviewed after getting knocked the fuck out. You were getting asked to get interviewed. After you won a game of tennis. Did you play well? No. Does the whole thing seem like it might have been just an excuse to get you out of the tournament. That you were going to suffer probably a fairly embarrassing loss in the next round. Potentially. That's fine. You do the good you do the good thing and fake an injury. But at the same time, obviously, Naomi Osaka, who doesn't want any attention or or anything like that, you know, she she doesn't want any any public opinion on her at all. Uh she did return to social media to send a tweet out to her one million followers. Uh, you know, obviously, do- doesn't want any attention. Also, would like to point out, for someone that, you know, hates, hates the media, just would, wouldn't want to, wouldn't want to sort of put herself in the public eye. 
Her main sporting idol is Kobe Bryant. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, just a walking oxymoron. Yes, I get she's a 23-year-old woman who obviously has anxiety. Yes, I understand it's very tough to be at the pinnacle of sports and be a massive public figure. I would literally run through a fucking gauntlet at the Coliseum for a tenth of what she earned last year. You can do a fucking interview. You're one of the most marketable people at the sport at the minute. Simply just for existing at a time where there's a complete dearth of talent at the top of the sport. If Coco Golf was five years older, you wouldn't exist. She's a good tennis player. In a time of extremely underwhelming tennis at the top level. It's just crying out for someone to be good at both sides. Because tennis is one of those sports that unlike every other sport, which managed to capitalise on its golden age, instead you have what happened at the top of tennis, which is just the top players have still hung around. Serena's still around. The, the top four men's guys, well obviously Andy Murray doesn't have any hips anymore, but they're all still around. They never actually had any new talent to come up and replace them. Despite I'm sure them inspiring quite a lot of generations to play tennis to a very elite level. But instead of, you know, capitalising on that, they've essentially stagnated, leading to people like Naomi Osaka, who are good tennis players. Great tennis players. But they aren't Serena. And maybe that is the curse of obviously coming up after the greatest female tennis player to ever do it. So you have players like her that obviously the media want to make a story out of you. The tennis media have to make a story out of you, namely, or the sport's going to die. Do you want your sport to die? No, then do the fucking interview. And be seen in public later with your massively famous boyfriend. I would run through a gauntlet of seagulls wearing a suit made of toast if I was able to earn what she earned in a year. I would fucking claw my own eyes out. But she won't do a fucking interview. Christ! And as you can tell by that metaphor, I have mental issues too, Naomi. Everyone has their shit. Just do the fucking interview. You're massively wealthy. You feel that sad after it? Blowing on strippers and cocaine. The done thing. Fucking going, oh, I don't want to do the interview. That whole thing might seem quite obtuse and quite insensitive, but at the same time, she made $50 million last year. She can do it, she can show up to fucking answer questions from Channel 4. I get money doesn't make you happy. It certainly fucking helps. Like, she is the most well paid female athlete. Of all time. She's one month older than me. She made. 50 million is an exaggeration. She made 37 million dollars. Last year. 
including 34 million in endorsements. Funny enough, not a lot of people endorse you to sit in the house and not talk about products. So, you really do have to look in the grand scheme of things. I don't know, maybe ranting about a female tennis player's social situation isn't what you're supposed to do. But that just, it, it got to me in a way. Plus maybe no other sporting event allowed me to get as angry as I usually do this week. And maybe that's the reason people like listening to this podcast. So maybe I had to get angry about something. So there you go. Ah, what else happened this week? Vanilla Ice did uh, a BBC show about the disappearance of Shergar. Ah, I'm only kidding. No, I'm not. That really happened. Uh, and as much of a fever dream as that is, it is currently uh, available to watch. So it's out there if you want to see it. Vanilla Ice talking about how and why Shergar disappeared. And the answer is probably because one of my family bet on him at the fucking National that year. Oh, but a bad week. Bad week of gamble. But, oh. Manchester United might have killed me. We might be done forever. It's it's retirement season. We're, we're retiring from gambling. The Jordan Spieth bets did come in. Don't get me wrong, the Jordan Spieth bets came in. But then we lost more. It was a bad, bad wee week. Bad wee week. But we'll survive. We'll move on. We live. Uh, the Euros, we're gonna win up, we're gonna win heaps. We're gonna win absolute fucking heaps. Uh, and you're all gonna be there every step of the way. There'll be a new podcast next week after the first few games of the Euros. I'm sure England are, are going to be spectacular. Cause technically, as I said, group play is qualifying. And they are a qualifying bully team. And they're shit when the actual competition matters. And I can't wait for that to happen. So I can be over there in person. To drink all the tears. I am your host, Kanye. Stop pissing in my garden. This was Flying Scissors Solo. Good night. God bless. Long live the Paul brothers. See ya.